Jeffrey Epstein told everyone exactly the type of man he was, and in return, they told him their deepest, darkest secrets. And because money can wipe away the dirtiest of deeds, the tide, the tide will always bring them back to the surface. I realize what I am. I'm very comfortable in my own skin. The 1970s marked the first appearance of Jeffrey Epstein on the social radar. The king of networking was just getting started. But what Jeffrey Epstein was after was much more than money, more than status, more than wealth. He was after immortality. Now, for the second part of this series, we're not going to shy away from anything. That's not a warning. That's a promise. We're going to drop some big names, and we're going to make some very big revelations. How did a man like Epstein become accepted into the highest powers of society? And when I say the highest, I mean the very top. Princes, scientists, geniuses, billionaires, they stood aghast, basking in the limelight that Epstein emitted. Nobody seemed immune to his charm. But why? What did a college dropout like Jeffrey Epstein have to offer men like Bill Gates and Prince Andrew, Stephen Hawking, and Elon Musk? These people have more money than God, and yet they found the found it wise to stick around Epstein for the heck of it? Now, take Prince Andrew, for example. Now, they'd been friends since 1999. He was eighth in line to the British throne, the, quote, spare in the royal family. And he'd befriended Epstein through Ghislaine Maxwell. Answer this. What would royalty have to benefit from a man like Jeffrey Epstein? Well... Maybe the truth has been right under our noses this entire time. Take a look at this. Hi, this is Johnny Carson asking, you have a daughter who's a really good-looking chick. <laughs> well, you may be able to change her life and improve your financial status. Because Prince Andrew is looking for a new girlfriend. <laughs> Just drop a nude photo of your little nymphette in a self-addressed stamp envelope and mail it to Royal Affair, Buckingham Palace, London, now, one of Epstein's victims, Virginia Roberts, was a child when she met Prince Andrew. Virginia had been brought to London by Epstein and Maxwell and was staying at Maxwell's London home, age just 17. She recalls being woken up in the morning of the meeting by Ghislaine standing over her bed saying, Today you're going to meet a prince. Virginia Roberts was allegedly raped by Prince Andrew during this trip and subsequently two more times after that first encounter. Prince Andrew gave his first unvetted interview just a few weeks ago, standing by his claim that this picture is doctored. Now, during the same interview, he was asked about Robert's recounting of the night's events, pointing out how the prince was profusely sweating throughout their evening together, and this was his answer. You're absolutely sure that you're at home on the 10th of March. Yeah. She was very specific about that night. Mm -hmm. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly... A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time. And that was... Oh, actually, yes. I didn't sweat at the time because... I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, uh, and I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it, so therefore... 
Now, Andrew's ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, would later borrow money from Epstein to pay off personal debts that she had acquired after their divorce. Sarah was, at the time, a media nightmare for the royal family. The two, of course, divorced in 1996, and Sarah was caught years later trying to sell access to Andrew and the royal family for a pretty penny. And in recent years, Ferguson has been invited back into the royal circle in an unprecedented manner, with rumors of rekindling her relationship with Andrew flying, perhaps to boost his public image. Epstein would later attempt to sue Ferguson after she publicly called him a pedophile to the British tabloids. (laughs) Now, the high-powered connections Epstein acquired follow him across the world. Paris, the Virgin Islands, Ohio, London, New Mexico. Over the next hour, we're going to take you on a journey all the way to the little town of Stanley, New Mexico. Now, why? Boasting a population of just over a 1,000 people, it became a harbor for Epstein, a safe haven, if you will. And it was there that he could really just, quote, be himself. But I'll let him tell you that. I realize what I am. I'm very comfortable in my own skin. What I'm really free to do is I'm free to follow my own personality. That I can't be totally wacko in what I do with affects lots of other people who will get angry when I do with it, and it affects me again. But within, on my own island, or on my own ranch, I can think the thoughts I want to think. I can do the work I want to do, and I'm free to explore as, as I see fit. Why New Mexico? Specifically, why Stanley, New Mexico, and why hasn't this property been seized by the FBI? Standing 41 miles outside of Santa Fe on a patch of 10,000 acres of land sits a house. At night, the lights from the property drown out the stars, and the locals assume the property belonged to the owner of Victoria's Secret, just based off of the caliber of young women that seem to rotate in and out of the property. It's here that Epstein would devise his most sinister plan yet, a plan so vile and calculated, few in the media are bothering to even talk about it. But we're not like most of the media, are we? Now, if we want to change the course of this story, we have to face the facts. We're not going to sugarcoat it. You know me well enough by now, we will not redact names. Those involved in this story need to be named. They need to be admonished. They need to be brought to justice. Which brings us to part one, Clintons and Kings. Folks, in this section, we're going to blow your mind. Uh, and we're going to get into some stuff that nobody wants to get into, especially the media. They're scared to do it. They don't want to do it. Uh, this beginning thing, you saw it, Clintons and Kings. What does that mean? Well, I know that you can draw some inference from the name Clinton, but what does the name King have to do with anything? We're going to talk about that because you got this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, and he basically knows how to pull the uh, strings on the marionette, right? He, We've already learned in the first episode, he knows how to get what he wants. He uses charisma. He uses charm. He uses all of this 
these little manipulative ways to get people not only to like him and want to be around him and be associated with him, but he's literally got people giving their fortunes over them. And not just their fortunes, but they're giving him uh, power of attorney, the right to sign. They, they, they're taking their own family members off of advisory boards of these multi-million dollar corporations and replacing them with Jeffrey Epstein. It's absolutely crazy what this guy is able to accomplish. Now, in light of that, you would think, okay, maybe he's out there just pulling the strings of some dumb multimillionaires who just don't know any better. But as we're learning, we know that there's a lot more involved than that. We have some major power players that are about to enter into the scene via the queen, Gazelle Maxwell, and enter into the king, Jeffrey Epstein's life. And these power players are some pretty major people. As early as 1993, Jeff Epstein started donating to Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you know who they are, Bill and Hillary Clinton. A donation of $10,000 was recorded that helped refurbish a wing of the White House. Now, I'm going to bring in, as you know, obviously Candace is in here, but we've got Sarah Gonzalez, we've got Rob Eno. Now, did you guys know that Jeffrey Epstein donations were helping refurbish the White House? No, that yeah. is news to me. Yeah, news to me. Yeah, see that this is the thing. It's like, incredible. Here's a guy who, up until recent history, we really didn't know who Jeffrey Epstein was. You know, here's a guy who who kind of like a shark. He circles around in these circles, and it's only in the shark infested water is his name tossed around. And he's he's kind of a household person in terms of referencing him. I call him a big glorified pimp, and I'm going to get into why I consider him that. But when you start talking about the reach that this guy has, it's absolutely insane. So this connection, and this is a mystery to me, Candace, and I want you to chime in on this. He gets to know Bill and Hillary Clinton through Jelaine Maxwell. Now, as we said in the previous episode, Jelaine Maxwell, her father, who was also uh, a pedophile, uh, a, a major mogul, um, left her very well off. She comes to New York City. She finds Jeffrey Epstein, Jelaine. She facilitates the connections that he makes for the rest of his life, not the least of which, of course, are Bill and Hillary Clinton. Now, how powerful does a person from Britain who comes over here as a $100,000 a year trust fund baby who now has associates like Bill and Hillary Clinton to put them in the presence of a guy like Jeffrey Epstein? Well, I mean, Ghislaine, her father was a media mogul. He ran a lot of the tabloids in uh, the U.K., and through that, she was able to meet, obviously, a lot of power players in the U.K. that then transferred over to the United States. That just power crossed the pond. She also went to Oxford with a lot of high-powered people, um, and that's how she met people like Prince Andrew, and then through her network became friends with at least Bill and Hillary, and then eventually Chelsea Clinton as well. Now, and, and remi- remember, folks, Jelaine was a guest at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. She was also, she she went on trips, at least a trip we know of, with at least Chelsea Clinton. two to three trips. Two to three trips. With Chelsea, um, either before she was married or after. Okay. So this is in recent times. Now you remember Sarah when they used to when they when Hillary Clinton came out during her presidential campaign and she said that they were broke. They were broke when they left the White House, right? Isn't that, right. Isn't that the deal? That's right. Yeah. Now, now and, and here's some folks from Arkansas. Yeah, Bill becomes the governor of Arkansas, but he's from 
lowly beginnings, right? Why in the world, why in the world would someone like Jelaine Maxwell want to introduce Bill Clinton to <laughs> to Jeffrey Epstein and when it when she did it, he was then the governor of Arkansas in a reelection bid in 1982. He's not the president of the United States whenever Jeffrey Epstein meets him. It starts to get a little bit like, what's going on here? That's, Why that's, Bill Clinton? Why the governor of Arkansas? That's what's always perplexed me about the Clintons is that, you know, you see this track record of things like that happening to them when, like you said, he's just governor. Uh, yeah. He's just a lowly person. It's like, what do they have that we're not seeing that they've always been able to, one, stay above the fray? You know, and not get punished or convicted for any of the crazy things that they're doing. And two, why are all these people flocking to them? It's always perplexed me. Rob, you've got a thought on that. Yeah, it, it, I remember back in the day. Um, remember Designing Women, that show. Yeah, the Linda Blood, the Bloodworth Thomasons had Bill Clinton on an episode. I can't find it again, but I know he was on. Yeah, and it was brought him on, and like this was two or three years before he became. Before he ran for the president, so these powerful people in Hollywood were bringing his name recognition up, were showing his name recognition up. Somebody at some point in time said, Bill Clinton is going to be president, whether they could own him, and maybe some of this stuff is why we're learning they can own him, but Bill Clinton is going to be president, and we're going to make him president, we'll be able to control him, and maybe that's what we're going to learn today. I don't know if that's well, what we're going to learn. Well, and that could be one of the reasons why people are losing their mind over a Trump presidency, which is another episode, another topic for another time another show but again i think the idea was for hillary clinton ultimately to become president now and then someone threw a big wrench in the works here there are very big powers at play and the point that you made is so significant is it seemingly nothing sticks to these people and we're going to learn that more and more about epstein because this is at a time where not only is he introduced to Bill and Hillary Clinton, he's introduced to a man by the name of Bruce King. Now, I say that, and it's significant, and you may not know who that is, and most of the media outlets that are out there, they bleep out this name. They don't want to use this name. My hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, has recently come into the media thanks to a literal piece of flaming garbage, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the other people you need to know about are the... For those who don't know, the family are one of the wealthiest in America, and their patriarch grew his money in the A lot of the family is estranged, but one of them was named in the court documents released about Epstein. Now, in no way are we saying that there is any form of guilt, either on the part of the Clintons or on the King family, on the basis of what Jeffrey Epstein did. We just find it interesting with these associations. Now, who is Bruce King? Well, at the time, he was governor of New Mexico. So now, Bill Clinton, who's the governor of Arkansas, and Bruce King, who is the governor of New Mexico, have a relationship with, with Jeffrey Epstein. And unlike the Clintons, the King family is very, very different. They're not from Lowly Hope, Arkansas, right? They're not in Little Rock. King family is one of the most powerful families in the country. They're a large supplier of corn, if not one of the largest, and their ranches dominate New Mexico land subsidies. So obviously, it's particularly interesting when you consider how much this country relies on the vital and necessary crop of corn industry. It's in every aspect of how we produce food. 
330 million people in this country absolutely dependent on corn. Enter the King family, and now you've got, again, our friend Shady Jeff Epstein, who knows how to schmooze his way into some of the most powerful people. When you talk about the King family in New Mexico, you're talking about political royalty. Now, not in the popular sense, because you probably have never heard of them. You've probably never even heard of them. And you're right now going, why do I even care? But here's folks who have passed down political positions from generation to generation, just like family heirlooms. They've got, you know, prized pieces of China and antique paintings going from one generation to the next. They're handing off political political positions in the same way. And so Epstein, there's evidence there, you know, he donated to several of the King family campaigns. Gary King, who was the son of the the Governor Bruce King, uh, he actually gave back campaign donations of $50,000 from Epstein over the past few years because they knew something was going on. Uh, it was, there, was a, there was a quote in, a, in an article that said their political and defense connections go all the way to ballistic missiles. Hey, I've been talking about precious metals for a long time now because I really believe it is smart to have tangible assets as a part of your personal portfolio. Obviously, I believe in all the companies that sponsor this show, but you've heard me talk about GMR Gold even before I uh, even before I had this show on Blaze TV because I've been using them for a while now. They have something called the Bullion Box, which is an awesome way to slowly get into precious metals. It's a monthly subscription box delivered directly to you from the comfort and convenience of your own home. And what you get to do, and this is what I love about it, no matter what your budget, no matter where you're at in life, look, you get to choose from five different levels designed to fit that budget. Your metals are handpicked by their bullion team with nearly 100 years of combined experience. It's fun, people, I'm telling you. You're going to love when it shows up every month. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel it anytime. You can even give a bullion box subscription as a gift. And look, that's a great Christmas gift. You can talk about it over the turkey. Hey, what'd you get? They say, you know, well, we got this. I got this coin. I got this silver. I got this gold. I got all this. It's fun to compare the notes on your bullion boxes. So go to gmrbox.com. That's gmrbox.com. Go there today and join the club. Epstein also spread his philanthropic donations to other New Mexico politicians like former former Governor Bill Richardson. Uh, What was he buying? Hmm. What was he buying? Why? What was he donating in order to purchase? Enter a place called the Zorro Ranch. Now, if I say the name Zorro Ranch, most people say, hmm, I don't know. Now, you've heard of the Lolita Express. You've heard of the island in the Virgin Islands. You've heard of the seven-story, 41-bedroom, 25,000-square-foot penthouse apartment that used to be a a, a, a private school in Manhattan, probably one of the largest privately owned residences, which, by the way, was not legally owned, at least as far as we can find, by Jeffrey Epstein. Uh. 
enter the Zorro Ranch. What in the hell is the Zorro Ranch? Well, Epstein purchased a piece of land called the Zorro Ranch, and I say purchased in parentheses here, under a shell company called Zorro Trust in and around 1993, which is the same year President Bill or Bill Clinton became president. So here's the deal. Epstein buys him a ranch called the Zorro Ranch, and he immediately starts drawing up these blueprints for this 26,700-square-foot home on the Zorro Ranch. It's a big house. It's a big house for this dude. There's a picture of it right there. Take a look. Now, where do you think the Zorro Ranch is located? If you had to guess, based on what I'm saying, right smack dab in the middle of New Mexico, where he has been making all kinds of campaign donations to the King political family. Now, it gets interesting, Robino. And it's, I'll tell you, it's also interesting, Candace, that he names this place the Zorro Ranch. Now, remember, Zorro is this fictional character who's known for defending the poor and the victimized against the forces of injustice. And here we're talking about a guy who is the epitome of injustice and victim, victimizing. So Zorro Ranch, uh, he puts it right in the middle of the King Ranch. You can't get to Zorro Ranch. You can't get to Jeffrey Epstein's property unless you fly over or go through the King Ranch. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that is one hell of a way to hide your perversion. That is one hell of a way to protect yourself. Because remember, you have you have news organizations that won't mention the King family. They won't even bring this up. But this is a documented fact. And I'm, again, not accusing the King family of anything other than it's awfully suspicious on the part of Epstein that he protected himself. He barricaded himself right in the middle of land owned by the most powerful political company or uh, family in New Mexico and one of the most powerful people, families in America in terms of what they produced for this country. Now, New Mexico, if you don't understand New Mexico, now I've always joked on, on, on stage when I'm doing shows, I always say, yeah, we need a southern wall. And when Texas, when we get to the Texas-New Mexico border, we need to take a right. We need to go up and go over New Mexico and just let them build the wall all the way around that, too. <laughs> but New Mexico is an interesting place. And I say that jokingly for those of you who live in New Mexico. And I also apologize to you uh, for having to live there. Now, <laughs> now it, it, this is an interesting place. Epstein, we know, we already know what he's up to. He's a dirty cat, right? But he's in this little town of Stanley, New Mexico. It's within a 111-mile radius of the Zorro Ranch. There sits 20,000 acres of backdrops where they made Hollywood movies. It's the location of the, the infamous Manhattan Project where they were, you know, Los Alamos where they're testing atomic bombs. Uh, it's a no-man's land out there. There is a... And you want to talk about this a little bit, Candace. This gets interesting. There's a private international boarding school there, Arm & Hammer United World College of the America West, which was co-founded by none other, none other than Prince Charles. Correct. Which is pretty interesting, figuring. Yeah, figure, figure what we're about to get into. Here. Yeah. There's a rehabilitation center for pedophile priests there that's run by the Catholic Church called Servants of the Paraclete. Trementina Base, the battleground for the apocalypse owned by the Church of Scientology, is there. Uh, this is also the place where they believe that L. Ron Hubbard will rise from the dead. So we're pissing everybody off here. The royal family, the, the king family, the Scientologists, the Clintons, 
the Roman Catholics. Uh, we need Party Foul Steve on for that. To, to He's good at pissing off the Catholics. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. You know, as the saying goes, if you're rich, powerful, and committed to doing something strange and opaque, New Mexico beckons. <laughs> <laughs> now, who would have thunk it? Right, Sarah? Who would have thought that that New Mexico is going to fall into this? Again, we've heard of the island. We've heard of the airplane. We've heard of all this stuff. Well, apparently this guy has has a a fortress with a political moat built around it. They even wanted to build – he wanted to build a um, an airstrip there where they could land. And when they came to investigate or it came to inspect the land to see if it, they could put an airstrip in there – Epstein says, nope, forget it. Don't want you snooping around. And so he goes over into an unincorporated piece of property and builds it there. <laughs> this is some squirrely. No, it's not suspicious at all. No. <laughs> Candace. So part of the King family ranch uh, and the property that they own there, a large portion of it is directly owned by them. Some of the portions are leased by them through the New Mexico government. Um, or the state of New Mexico. So when Epstein wanted to build this landing strip for his private planes to uh, take off from, they wanted to go, obviously, make sure everything was up to code and standard. Um, But the area of the land that it was going to be on was technically leased by the New Mexico government. And so they re-looked at, basically, laws and regulations. And so the King family, from what I can see just by researching gifted him a sliver of their privately owned land mm-hmm. on which his airstrip was actually built. So part of it was bought outright by Epstein, apparently, for about $12 million. And other parts of it were gifted by the King family. Oh, the plot thickens. Gifted. 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 Where do Let I that word like just that? roll off the tongue. Now, again, we're not accusing. We're just saying awfully interesting. Awfully suspicious. These power players are so influenced by this guy. Here's a guy which you normally see him. You look at the average picture of Epstein. Here's a guy. He's laid back. He's casual. He's got his loafers on, his blue jeans. He's wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, he's made his money. He's made his fortune off of siphoning it off of people by basically going to him and saying, you don't need all this money. It's dangerous for you to have all of this money. That's his, that's his, that's his uh, financial counseling business, right? And you, you don't need all this money. Let me hold on to it for you. And that's what he does. So he's buying influence. He's buying silence. And we're going to learn he's also buying secrets because here he is in the middle. He's in the middle of, of New Mexico. Now, what's he doing there? What's he doing there? Now, I know what you're going to say. He's raping children. Oh, no, 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 no. It gets way deeper than this. Now, remember what I said in the opening monologue. I said that, they, that the people around there, they thought that it was a piece of land that was probably owned by the owner of Victoria's Secrets, which, by the way, was also a business partner of Epstein's at one time because they said there was such a rotation of models and beautiful women and young girls that were coming in and out of the ranch. So, yeah, there's that. But guess what? Epstein, as we said, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about influence. It wasn't about power. It was about immortality. He had a fascination with eugenics, transhumanism, and cryogenics. He had voiced his wishes to a lot of people that upon his death, he wanted, and wait for it, his head and his penis to be cryogenically frozen for later use. 
Now, let's pause for a moment here and just say, what were they going to do with his head and his penis? What are they going to do with a frozen head and a frozen penis? Crazy, crazy stuff, Candace. <laughs> Candace, where do you keep a frozen penis? I mean, do you keep it next to the processed deer out in the garage in the in the trunk freezer? I mean, what do you do with this? I'm not the probably the person to ask for that, but I know that there is a lot of um, celebrities who actually look into this process, Walt Disney being one of them. Ted because, Williams, great baseball player, also he, had his head preserved. Yes, because they, they believed that the technology in the future would be so advanced that you could basically create a human and bring you back to life and your brain would be thawed out and you could come back and, in Jeffrey Epstein's case, wreak havoc. Welcome to the world of the rich and famous, these people who believe that these certain things or have been promised that these things are coming, Right. They have access to, to things. I was on a plane uh, just this uh, the last week coming back from Europe, and on it, I there was nothing to watch on the little movie screen there. So I watched um, Alita, Battle Angel, the little animatronic sort of live action anime, and that's basically what they were doing. They, people die, and they turn them into cyborgs, basically. They add their stuff back to their body, and they, they get their heads, and they just put it back on a little robot, and they're alive again. So this is kind of the image that I'm getting in my head. He wants to save his head. He wants to save his penis because, by God, if you're going to put my head back on a new body, I want to make sure Captain Ding Dong is still there with me, right? That's what I want to make sure that I'm still using. I don't want a robo-penis. I want Jeffrey Epstein. I want my Epstein penis with me. Now, I'm not being crass. This is serious. This is the mindset that we're talking about. And the reason that's significant, listen, if there's any place where these three topics of eugenics, transhumanism, and cryogenics combine, guess where it's at? It's New Mexico. New Mexico. The Santa Fe Institute isn't far away. The developments in mathematics and science quickly occurred since the Manhattan Project. After World War II, the United States imported Nazi war criminals there to help run the fledgling space program, including in New Mexico where their prior skills in rocketry and ghastly human experiments could help the United States retain an edge over the communists. And guess what? He donated over $250,000 to the Santa Fe Institute. He befriended the researchers and scientists and invited them to dinner parties at the ranch. So they probably again, had a good time. What's that? They probably had a good time. They probably had a very good time. Um, again, they thought that Epstein was the owner of Victoria's Secret because the caravan of, of glamorous women. They were always coming through. Uh, another one of the Stanley residents uh, there in New Mexico recall that they could always tell when Epstein had a crowd at the ranch because the mansion lights drown out the stars. Now, let's talk about the guests. Let's talk about what could have been going on. Let's talk about some things, because, again, we've already brought up the King family politically. We've already brought up the Clinton family politically. And, and there's a lot of things that are out there. I hold in my hands right here. and We'll get into this later on. This is actually Jeff Epstein's black book right here. Look at all the pages that's in this. I could take you through. This is literally, this is a vast who's who of power players, politicians, movie stars. It has their phone numbers. Candace has dialed a hundred of these telephone numbers. She has called a hundred of these telephone numbers. In most cases, the numbers are shut down. You have received some voicemails uh, answering. You have had some busy signals. Yes. 
Kevin uh, Spacey was not available at the time. Kevin Spacey was not available for comment. Kevin Spacey's number is in this packet, in this black book. Ivanka Trump. Ivana Ivanka Trump. Trump is in here. My phone bill this month is going to be really fun <laughs> because a lot of those were international numbers. So Exactly. You're welcome, Chad. There are When you go through, there are numerous listings here. Uh, I will gladly pay your phone bill. The, there, there are numerous listings in here for Jeffrey Epstein. And so I began to say, why was he listing his own numbers in here? Well, when you get to places like the, 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 the ranch there, the Zorro Ranch, there's a list of about 40 or 50 telephone numbers of all the staff that were working there. So he's all got disconnected. He's got anybody that was landscaping, anybody that was handling, you know, this or that or whatever maintenance that was out there. And so and that's true in Manhattan. That's true in Ohio. It's true in the Virgin Islands, all of these places. But let's let's talk about it, because when we say, OK, well, here's a little rich boy who's perverted and he's, he wants to save his penis for posterity. But there's some other things going on. And just recently, none other than Prince Andrew, which I have to describe as quite honestly, a dumpster fire that is in the process of being thrown to the wolves by the royal family, had this to say to the BBC. Now, check this out. Here's a guy who I almost would feel sorry for if I didn't feel he was so guilty. Would you play that clip, Candace? I want you to bring up the one, the one I love, the one that he says, I, it wasn't a party. He threw a party to he, celebrate his release and you were invited as no, the guest go. of honor. Oh, in 2010, that there wasn't, certainly wasn't a, a, a party to celebrate his release in December because it was a small dinner party. There were only eight or ten of us, I think, at the, at the, at the dinner. If there, was a, if there was a party, then I'd know nothing about that. You were invited to that dinner as a guest of honour? Well, I was there, so there was a dinner. I don't think it was quite as, as you might put it, but, yeah, OK, I was, there for a, <laughs> I was there at a dinner, yeah. I'm just trying to work this out, because you said you went to break up the relationship, and yet you stayed at that New York mansion several days. I'm wondering... Yeah, but I was would... doing a number of other things while I was there. But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender. It was a convenient place to stay. <laughs> Apparently the prince was out of Marriott Rewards Points. I, it was a convenient place to stay. The Manhattan... So, so this is the deal. You can imagine. If this is going on in Manhattan, you can imagine what's going on in a private place like the Virgin Islands or even this Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. Tech Pack is the premier monthly subscription box for military tactical and Second Amendment enthusiasts. For just forty nine ninety five a month, they're going to ship to you at least one hundred dollars worth of gear every single month. You're going to get AR fifteen parts, EDC tools, knives, cleaning kits, a mix of other tactical gear and apparel directly to your door. And now it's time for them to reveal their next pack. So listen up to me, people. December's pack is going to feature a blade from CRKT, gear from Sons of Liberty, Gunworks, uh, Hex Mag, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Way too much to list. This is their special Christmas pack. It's going to feature up to $270 worth of gear. It is the ultimate gift for the tactical and survival-minded enthusiast in your life. And if that person is you, then, hey, I give you permission. Treat yourself. Go to TAC, T-A-C, pack, 
P-A-C-K dot com. When you use the promo code CHAD at checkout, they're going to ship you a free mystery bag of tactical goodies shipped out around the same time as your first tack pack. And if you're upset that you missed out on November, guess what? You can email my boys over there, info at tackpack.com, after you sign up to see if they have any left. And I bet you they will make you happy. So if you're into tactical gear from the best companies for half the price, Tack Pack is for you. Go to tackpack.com. That's T A C P A C K.com. Offer code C H A D. Look, Andrew, I'm praying for you, buddy, because I'm not feeling good about the future for you here. I mean, this is not a good look, you know? It's absolutely. It, 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 it's, she, she actually said you stayed at the house of a convicted sex offender. He had been convicted at this yeah. point. I, like, experience sends me emails so I don't, like, walk by the house of convicted sex offenders in my neighborhood, yeah. right? Because it's part of the, the thing. The, how do you even say he, he, like, just glossed over it? I, I don't think he did it. I mean, what? How do you answer that question? Let me let me tell you something, and just be to be very candid with you. So I I know people who because of, you know I found people that I've known over the years, acquaintances that I've found out that uh, they had to register as a sex offender. You find that out, and and it's, maybe it was an innocuous because a lot of times there's a lot of things you can be registered for as a sex offender that are like you look at it and you're like okay. That I, I think been. peeing outside is one, right? Like yeah, there's a guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, but even then, when I found out, I was still like, hmm, what do I think about this friend of mine now? You know, it's questionable. It still puts that question in your head of what went down. And see, we're taking a lot of things for granted in this series because there's a lot of things you know. I don't need to retell you what you already know. You you know Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. You know that he served no time he was allowed 12 hours a day to go out and do anything he wanted to do. He was put on probation, what, five years probation. During that period of time, he had like 13 parole violations. There were never any consequences for it, never any consequence. He registered as a sex offender. These people knew that and were still associated with him. And the special treatment continued even while he was in prison because he was allowed to leave during the day to go to his offices and only technically had to return to the prison to fall asleep at night. Yeah. And, and there, there are accounts of whenever he had a birthday, and he's down in the Virgin Islands, and what do they do? They bring him two 12-year-old girls from France. Two 12-year-old girls are brought to France as a birthday present. Now, Epstein was into his quote-unquote massages. There are the stories of when he had his place you know, down in Florida, off the coast of Florida, on a very, very extravagant, very rich island. Uh, he would recruit these young girls who would – who were at the high school, local high school, and their job was to go out and find teenage girls who needed money. They were in a situation. They needed extra cash. Uh, who doesn't? What teenager doesn't want extra money? And so what she would do is she would, you know, these particular girls, they would recruit these other young girls to come over, and they would say, we want to introduce you to a very wealthy man. Uh, he's got some jobs for you to do that he'll pay you for. They come in. They give them an alcoholic drink. Uh, to relax him, and then they bring him in to uh, the notorious Mr. Epstein's room, and he encourages them to get undressed. He doesn't encourage. He actually demands them to get undressed and to massage him, and that was his whole thing. And then it, as he got to know the girls, and by the way, 
And when you get into this black book, you will see that there are certain people who are listed in here as and he has them categorized. There's brunettes, there's blondes, there's Germans, very young. There's all these different categories in here that you can go through and you'll see how he had them. And this is typed. This isn't handwritten. These are typed in here. There was also references on those um, to people who had particularly attractive daughters as well. Those were notated below the phone numbers. Yeah. And as these girls would come, as these girls would come to the house, it started out with massages. And then it got to a point where as he got to know them, he said, I will offer you more money in exchange for these favors, which, of course, were sexual favors. Now, as disgusting as that is, it became a known thing amongst these high schools in Florida. These girls were actually they, they would they would there were fights that would break out because one girl felt like another girl was stepping in on her opportunity to go visit Epstein's mansion. Uh, there were girls who were being accused of, you know, being called whores and being called sluts and all of these things because because they knew what they were going to do until it caught the attention of school officials, which led ultimately to this this these sexual uh, accusations and charges of him having to register as a sex offender. Now, this is the guy that Prince Andrew is justifying staying in his New York Manhattan townhouse. Now, even after everything you just heard, in that same interview, he goes on to kind of give his point of view as to why Jeffrey Epstein was just such a charming guy, you know? Yeah. I want you to take it over, and, and, and let me show you what we're dealing with here with Prince Andrew, okay? I want you to take it over to that clip where he says, I'm not a partier. Take a look at this. But he had the most extraordinary um, ability to bring... Um, uh, extraordinary people together uh, and that's the bit that I remember is going to the dinner parties where you would meet academics politicians people from the United Nations I mean it was a it was a it was a cosmopolitan group of what I would describe as as US um, eminence but was that his appeal then was yeah. that what you because you you were perceived by the public as being the party prince was that something well, you I shared? Think that's um, also um, a bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know why I've, I've, I've um, uh, collected that title because I don't, I, I never have really parted. Um, uh, I was single for quite a long time um, in the early 80s. Um, uh, but then after I got married, I was um, very happy. Um, and and, and I've, I've never really felt the need to go and party that, get divorced, look, if that right? ain't partying, I mean, you see these images, and I'm like, Andy, 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 somebody's trying to put out a carpet fire with a vacuum cleaner here. It's like, here, just toss him out there. You go ahead and go it alone, buddy. I mean, this is crazy, you know. It's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, I, I love the part about, well, he had all these interesting people that came over, and I could see them. You're like seventh and you were probably like fourth in line to the throne at that point in time. There is an embassy of Great Britain in New York City. If you wanted to meet all of these like preeminent people, they probably would have gone to the embassy. I don't think you needed to go to yeah. Petto House to do it. If I need a convenient place to stay, I can find a place if I'm if I'm fourth in line at this point. He's ninth in line now. Right. So so if I need a place to stay, I can find a place. If I want to visit 
with people of influence. I could do that. But let's face it. We're guys. We know how to justify getting to a party. For a guy who doesn't party, doesn't party, he was looking for every opportunity to party with this. So, so again, this is happening in public. And I know what people are going to say. I know what people are going to say. You're going to come out and you're going to say, oh, well, you know, look, Jeffrey Epstein had his picture taken with a lot of influential people, not the least of which Donald Trump. There's, you know, there's old pictures of, you know, look, you know, they're dancing around. They're doing their thing. You know, billionaire playboys being billionaire playboys. That's not that is not what we're talking about. <sighs> do we want to talk about Virginia Roberts at this point, Candace? Or do we want to hold off? I think we can. You think we can? Because she's going to play an integral part into the continuation of the ranch. Yeah. As a guinea pig of sorts for what was to come. There is. And we're going to get more into that. But when you bring in someone like Virginia Roberts, who, by the way, we we had scheduled to have her via Skype from Australia to come on. But after these uh, this BBC interview with Prince Andrew has aired... We can only assume there is some form of a legal gag order on her. She can't disclose anything any further because this is a woman who has accused him of alleged rape on multiple occasions. Candace. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I was able to have an off-the-record inter- uh, phone call with her, um, and that was scheduled to become a Skype interview. But uh, the communication abruptly ended as soon as that BBC interview preview yeah. was released uh, two Thursdays ago. So Virginia Roberts is brought to England by Jelaine Maxwell and uh, she's brought to London by Jelaine Maxwell and Jeff Epstein and she is 17 years old and she is awakened one morning by Jelaine standing over her bed who says today I'm going to introduce you to a prince. Today you're going to meet a prince. You see this image here. This is not a woman. This is not a young woman. This is a child with Prince Andrew. She alleges that he raped her uh, on multiple – she had sex with him, and he raped her on multiple occasions. Uh, There's no way we can say. I I mean, there's this – you put yourself – where there's smoke, there tends to be fire. And you see these things that are coming out. This is not – Jeff Epstein, billionaire, who has his land and property and ranch and airstrips and islands and these things. You're talking about a guy who now is basically becoming, for lack of better terms, a pimp to the rich and the powerful. Candace. So Prince Andrew has cast some doubt on this picture to say that it could possibly be doctored in some way. But if you go back Photoshop was invented in 1999. This photo was taken in 2001. And for the f- the advancement of this to be a Photoshopped image, I mean, people like Kim Kardashian fall into the cracks of these all the time, Photoshopping their Instagram photos, because there are little mistakes that can be made. So to say that a high-quality image like this has been Photoshopped in 2001 when we were still attached to cordless phones in our houses is kind of crazy. Um, and in previous interviews, Virginia Roberts has described Ghislaine Maxwell taking her to the mall to pick out this outfit um, to wear to meet a prince.
Hey, imagine your cell phone is a voting booth, and every time you make a call or use your phone, you're voting for impeachment, open borders, gun confiscation, or abortion. It's a horrible thought, but that's essentially what you are doing whenever you spend money with cell phone companies that hate everything you believe in. Listen, add insult to injury on that, and these cell phone character carriers have all kinds of hidden fees like AT&T's administrative fees that they're currently getting sued over. Compare that with Patriot Mobile, the nation's only conservative phone company who is not only supporting your values with no hidden fees, but for a limited time giving you a free Moto Z3 when you open a new line. That's right. You heard me correct. You will get a free phone, a Moto Z3. This offer is only valid through Cyber Monday when you call 877-367-7524. Switching is easy. You're going to get reliable 4G LTE nationwide service for as low as $25 a month while helping to preserve the country we all love. So go to patriotmobile.com slash beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call their U.S. based team 877 367 7524. That's 877 Ultimately, there's nothing illegal about that picture, okay? Here's a man with a young lady. He's got his arm around her, okay? Appropriate. In the age of the Me Too movement, not appropriate. In the age of the way we think of things these days, not appropriate. But, okay, you see this. He's not doing anything illegal here. He's taking a picture. He's Prince Andrew. He's taking a picture with a young lady. Jelaine Maxwell, she's in the back. I mean, she's apparently under an adult supervision right here. Why Why would this picture even need to be doctored? Why would it need to be? It's not a picture of him having sex with her, right? So why even have to try to defend something that is innocuous? It's basically innocent here by all intents and purposes. What do you think about that, Sarah? Uh, what do I think about whether or not it's doctored or what do I think about his Just, just the picture. I mean, like, like it, would, it just wouldn't be my defense. I wouldn't come out and say it's doctored. I'd be like, okay, it's a picture of me. Right. I mean, I can't even tell you how many pictures I have taken with people, uh, you know, even people who I know professionally who may have come on the show before and I take a picture with them and they've got their arm around me. Sure. It's that's nothing that in itself is not any indication of guilt. I've never taken a picture of you without my arm around you. Yeah. I, never, ever. I mean, I, I say it's that. Usually cheap, but it's usually wrapped really tight, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's like, you're not getting away. <laughs> it's tur- it, on occasions, it's turned into a headlock. No, I mean, it's what people do. Yeah. So it is very suspect to me that you would find a reason to try to cast doubt on the validity of yeah. a picture that is just a picture. Yeah. So, th- so these are these are the these are the. Um, these are the knights, right? You, you, you have you have the Clintons, you have the Kings, you have you have these power brokers that are in there. These relationships that are you have the Prince Edwards or the Prince Andrews, <laughs> Prince Andrews that are out there. You have these folks who are out there, and there's a major cover up that's going on. There's a major cover up that's going on. Now let's go back to New Mexico. Let's go back to this because I want to wind this down and we're going to really pull the string as we move into the third part of this. But I don't want you to miss some of this because Epstein, being what he was, he wanted to build an army of little Epsteins.
what do we mean by that? Build an army of little Epsteins. Well, this guy, as I've told you over and over again, it wasn't about wealth, power, influence. It was about immortality, and it wasn't just about his immortality. Now, eugenics, as we've said, he was interested in that, is the science of improving a human population by controlled breeding to increase the occurrence of desirable heritable characteristics. Transhumanism is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. And cryogenics, of course, as we discussed, is the production and behavior of materials at very low temperature. You're freezing things. So he was fascinated with improving life and wealth, genetics. And so this all began with his interest in the infamous repository for germinal choice between the years of 79 and 99, which was basically a sperm bank that was designed to collect the sperm of Nobel Prize winners in order to fill the world with their genius offspring. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, there it is. It's out there. This exists, people. It was founded by a multimillionaire optometrist and inventor, Robert Graham, who was an admirer of eugenics, who believed the human race was getting progressively dumber. I got to agree with him, right? And that the only way to stop it was by filling the word with filling the world with the genetic descendants of Nobel Prize winners. So it was Epstein's vision to utilize his New Mexico ranch, which oh my gosh, it's it's crazy. Like it, this is like re- reading a Michael Crichton novel. It really is. I mean, this is absolute. You would think this is fiction. What he wanted to do is bring these girls in, these young girls. They had to be young. He wanted to impregnate up to 20 women at a time with his sperm, keep them at his ranch as though he were incubating his offspring. The women would sign over all rights to the child, and another rotating group of 20 women would move in to take their place. We mentioned Virginia Roberts. She was the first Epstein victim to come forward that claimed that Maxwell, Jelaine Maxwell, and Jeff Epstein were preparing her for such a task. She visited the ranch several times. Maxwell was trying to talk her into becoming a surrogate for her and Epstein, and she was supposedly going to be the trial run. She was virtually groomed. She was groomed. This girl you saw in the picture with Prince Andrew, I want you to go back to that. Go back to that picture. There she is. She's 17 years old in this picture with Prince Andrew. She apparently was going to be the first surrogate for Epstein and Maxwell. Now, here's the thing. Except in lieu of Nobel Prize sperm, it was going to be Epstein's sperm that was going to impregnate these girls, and they were going to make an army of little Jeff Epsteins. And uh, they needed a place. They needed a lot of planning. Their Zorro Ranch... um, He had to put a lot of things together. So what did he do? He threw parties. He brought in scientists. He brought in mathematicians. He brought in people like Stephen Hawking. Uh, He wined and dined them. He entertained them with his wild theories about life and futurism. Uh, Many were silently berating the lunacy that Epstein was spewing. Uh, But on the outside, they were all ears. And you know what they were doing? They were just polishing up Epstein's ego hanging on to his every word. Now, you wouldn't believe this is true, but it is. Uh, It wasn't because they believed that his deranged ideas were factual. It was because they saw the dollar signs in his eyes. Remember, 
where we started. Money, money, money. Whereas it wasn't about money for Epstein, it was about immortality. He used money to get to this point. This is what he was trying to do. So you ask yourself, why these young girls? Is it just some deluded guy that's a pervert that likes to get massages from teenagers? No, 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 no. He was building, he was building a brave new world. And to these power brokers, they saw the dollar signs that were in it. They were about the money. And listen, if they nodded at the right moments and agreed with the right things, thousands of dollars are going to be flooding into their bank account for their personal scientific pet projects. So in 2000, Epstein founded the Jeffrey Epstein Six Foundation in order to, quote, sponsor cutting-edge science around the world. Kind of sounds like uh, Jelaine uh, Maxwell's little Save the Oceans plan, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And the original idea for this was that the girls would have to be very, very young, yeah. right? That was like the epitome of health to him. And there was a girl who was taken to Epstein's house in Florida, and when she was introduced to Epstein by Ghislaine, Ghislaine noted that she was of 17 years of age, Yeah, and she told Epstein that she was about to turn 18 and therefore, she would be too old soon. Yeah. And by the way, I want you to catch this. The Jeffrey Epstein Six Foundation was in Roman numerals VI. The VI did not stand for six. It stood for, any takers, any guesses? Virgin. Virgin Islands. Oh. So is there any coincidence in him choosing the Virgin Islands? in order to build his compound for these girls through which he was going to continue the promulgation of his little Epstein theory. <sighs> it makes you want to take a bath. It really makes you want to just go, just pour acid over your body, right? So <laughs> he sat in on the Ming Brain and Behavioral Advisory Committee at Harvard University and was actively involved in theoretical studies at both Princeton and the University of Pennsylvania. Now, let me take you way back to the beginning and remind you. Here's a guy who was a college dropout. He taught at one of the most elite prep schools, private schools in New York, a math teacher and a physics teacher, and he sucked at both. And they fired him because of inappropriate behavior towards young girls who were students there. But here's Jeffrey Epstein, who by all intents and purposes is a freaking moron. Epstein is so heavily involved at Harvard that he developed an entire department. And over the years, $40 million had been donated to the Ivy League school from Epstein. Earlier this year, this year, Harvard announced that it had no plans to return any of the money. Yeah, established in 2003, the program for evolutionary dynamics was founded using a $30 million grant from none other than Jeffrey Epstein. He left it in charge of a close friend and confidant, Martin Nowak, who currently still serves as the director of the program. Many in the science community saw Epstein as a contemporary, as a colleague. But why? Epstein had no formal education. He certainly had no education in any of these fields. So, I mean, this is like Joe Biden's son getting a job with oil and gas. Doesn't make any sense. Money will buy you everything. So why they trust him so much? Well, let me just tell you something. And I'll just pose it in the form of a question. 
Are they just as guilty as he is? If you know something is going on, are they just as guilty as he is? Well, we're going to get into that as we move into this next episode. Because let's face it, dead men tell no tales. <laughs>